Chronic exhaustion and brain fog are becoming more common among Americans, according to new CDC data. About 3.3 million adults have chronic fatigue syndrome, which is more than studies have previously suggested. Officials say long COVID is probably contributing. This is Pulse Check. I'm Kelly Hooper. The FDA has approved a first-of-its-kind gene-editing therapy offering hope for patients with sickle cell disease, a rare and debilitating genetic disorder that disproportionately affects Black people. But the treatment requires a lengthy hospitalization, destroys patients' fertility, and comes with a price tag likely to exceed $1 million. It's uncertain whether the government or private insurers will cover it. The World Health Organization says to avoid cough syrups and similar medicines made by Pakistan-based Pharmix laboratories because they may contain dangerous contaminants. None have been found in the U.S. And the Congressional Authorization of the President's Emergency Plan for AIDS Relief, credited with saving 25 million lives in the developing world, is in jeopardy due to abortion politics. Politico Global Health reporter Carmen Pawn joins me to explain what it could mean for the U.S. commitment to ending HIV and AIDS. Hey, Carmen, thanks for being here. Hi, Kelly. Thank you for having me. So you and Alice Miranda Olstein this week reported that negotiations to reauthorize the most successful global health program in U.S. history are stalled. Can you explain why? Sure. So PEPFAR, which is a well-known global health program that President George W. Bush started two decades ago, has been providing funding for treatment for HIV to countries that have the highest burden of the virus and of AIDS. And it normally gets reauthorized every five years. It has typically been a bipartisan supported program. And so far in its existence, it hasn't ran into a real dilemma about reauthorization. But it is the case now basically because there are members of the Republican Party in Congress that are accusing the Biden administration of hijacking the program and use some of the funding to support organizations that provide or promote abortion abroad. So some of them, chiefly Representative Chris Smith, a Republican from New Jersey, who in the past has been a big supporter of reauthorizing PEPFAR, and he has authored the last reauthorization bill five years ago. Now he just doesn't want to go to a reauthorization because he's afraid that some of that money is going to be spent on abortion, which he is very much against. Now, Representative Mike McCall, a Republican from Texas who chairs the House Foreign Affairs Committee, has been trying to find a compromise, trying to speak to Representative Smith and to anti-abortion groups that are on his side to find a compromise language in the reauthorization bill and to try to get more than one year reauthorization for this program. But he is disappointed that he hasn't found that compromise, that the debate about reauthorizing this program, which has been widely successful, is credited with saving 25 million lives over the 20 years that it has existed. Now, this debate has become about abortion rather than about the program. And this is not a place where he wants to be in, but it's also not a place where he can make progress in bringing about a reauthorization of this program. Wow. So given that, you know, the program has been so successful and like you said, it saved so many lives, it seems like there might be some big consequences if it doesn't get reauthorized. So what would happen in that case? 
Right. So one important thing to say at the top is that the program will not die or will not end if it's not reauthorized. As long as it is funded, it will continue. And the last authorization expired already at the end of September. So we are already in a period where the reauthorization of the program has lapsed, but it continues to be funded. However, beneficiaries of the program, supporters of the program say that it brings a lot of uncertainty not having this reauthorization. If you're an organization providing HIV treatment on the ground, it's hard to plan if the program is just funded on a yearly basis. And many say it's also a symbolic move for the U.S. It signals to some of them that the fight against HIV AIDS is not a priority for the United States. And this has been an area where the U.S. got so much goodwill for the amount of money and work it put into making sure that people in some of the poorest countries in the world have access to treatment against HIV and they do not end up dying of AIDS like they used to 20 years ago. I'm curious about those countries that have relied on this program. Are they worried at all about this program not getting reauthorized? They are. Dr. John Kengasong, who is the U.S. Global AIDS Coordinator and leader of PEPFAR, told the Milken Conference recently that he has received calls from some of these countries and they were concerned about what happens to the program. Obviously, for many people, it's confusing. What does reauthorization of a program mean? What does funding mean? So some of them might think that it might mean the end of the program. But still, some of those that understand that the program will not end are still concerned and are seeing the U.S withdrawing its leadership from the global fight against HIV-AIDS, Dr. Nkengasong said. So looking forward, given that talks are stalled right now, what is going to happen next with this? So the hopes right now for those who support the program, both in Congress and outside of it, is that it will be reauthorized either through a sort of like omnibus style package, sometimes early next year, whenever that comes together. And if that comes together, or if not, I think the last chance is reauthorizing through the appropriations process. So basically giving it funding. Normally it's on a yearly basis, but it is possible to have a multi-year reauthorization and funding of the program. That's not very common but it can happen. However, there's still no clear path forward and people are wondering where things go from here and what kind of compromise is going to be necessary to end this stalemate and get this program that, as I said, is seen as very, very successful and having had this great results renewed for ideally more than one year and maybe for five years. Well, we'll definitely be watching as this all plays out. Thanks so much, Carmen, for being here to explain this to us. Great talking to you, Kelly. Thank you. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Afra Abdullah is our producer. Annie Reese and Alex Keeney are our senior producers. Kara Tabor is an editor for Pulse Check. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. I'm Kelly Hooper. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening.